Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. If you like this show, and I know you do because you're listening, give us that five-star review. And as always, we talk judging MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com to read the criteria. Danny, this was, a, this was a unique weekend for myself. I didn't get to watch any of the action live until later on in the evening because okay. I was at a wedding for my buddy. Yeah, they're always fun. It, it was a great time. We had a nice time. Joe and Kim will enjoy a good life together. Good for them. Yeah, but they weren't <laughs> watching the fights and, and they weren't interested in the fights. But fortunately, because the wedding ended at 11 o'clock and there was a 45-minute bus ride, I got to plug into the fights on the bus ride home, catch, uh, what was it? I watched, I watched live. Tiago Moises get his finish. I watched the first round of that heavyweight fight, which was not a good idea. And then I did, later on, I got to watch the uh, I, wa- I watched Shavkat. I watched uh, I watched the main event, which is I imagine what we're going to be wanting to talk about here, sir. Right? We I think we got to about... load yeah. up on this. All right, let's start talk... here. Yeah, main event. So I wasn't privy to the social media conversation, but having watched that fight. Just as a fan last night, just kind of casually watching it with uh, on my phone with some buddies uh, in and out. I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm not scoring this one <laughs> because it just kind of looked like one of those fights that's like no one's really separating themselves distinctly while you casually watch the fight. So, yeah, I was just like, ah, I'm glad I took the night off. <laughs> but obviously, you know, we you and I actually caught up on all the fights today. The ones yes. that I had missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't watch everything live either, right? Not everything, though. No. So it was a good good chance for you and I to enjoy a little, a little fight action together. It was it was good. But the, again, the social media conversation is not what I'm a part of. I had a feeling, though, that there would be rawr, 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 judging uh, mm-hmm. in, in social media terms. Because that's what I hear. Whenever they say that, yeah, right? that, well, that's what that sounds like, yeah. And it sounds like your doggy downstairs is yeah. also saying that. I, I, hear, I hear a little howling down there. He's barking for something. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know that'll come true, but you know what? Just know <laughs> that we got a, we got a really cool dog uh, in house. <laughs> Judge Dog. <laughs> that's his nickname now. Um, what did you think when you were watching this fight? Because you were probably watching it to score live, right? I scored it live. I scored it fifty forty five Saruki in live. I'm the only media person, even though I'm not really media. That uh is posted on MMA decisions with a fifty forty five in Sarukian's favor. The couchside judges is media, sir. You oh. are media. Oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a fifty forty five. I thought the first two rounds I thought were were pretty clear for Sarukian, and so did the judges. To be fair, uh, judges judges were unanimous on every single round. So I, that's all you really can ask for. Uh, so I'm happy to see that on their end. I do think the fight got close between three rounds three and five. I don't think round four was all that close even though I, you can probably still make a case for Gamrot there even though he got dropped with that vicious back fist that was that was pretty good uh i think 1 through 4 the better arguments is for Sarukian though round 5 i may have uh, overvalued how the round started a bit mm-hmm. uh and and maybe Gamrot's probably the better score for round 5 but it's still a really close round so yeah, as I watched this one with you, because you watched it again with me anyway, mm-hmm. um, so I pro- that probably confirmed some of your suspicions while you were watching it, right? About round five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I scored the first four rounds for Sarukian as well. I I did go the other way with with uh, with the judges uh, and give round five to Gamrot. But yeah, round three I thought was really close. I think round five is reasonably close, and I think round four 
and, and again, I want to preface this by saying this is us watching it from home, which when all three judges are on the same page, like you said, you can't ask for much more than mm-hmm. that. I think that speaks to sometimes what things can be mistranslated from home because these are three capable judges. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we look, no sugarcoating it. Chris Lee had a bad score last week. We talked about that one. We don't need to dive into it. I still think he's a, a quality judge. I think Sal D'Amato is one of the best judges in the world. I think Ron McCarthy is one of the best judges in the world and deserves more main events like this than than he even gets. I think he's he's reasonably one of the top four or five judges uh, in North America, at the very least. Um, and I think, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think round four really looks like, from watching at home, this should be a Sarukian round, at least with a better argument. I think there's probably a little bit more room for it to go the other way, like we're saying. But when all three judges are on that same page, like what that tells me when I think one thing kind of strongly is like, okay, maybe there's something I'm missing. Yeah, right? that's what am I missing though? Mm-hmm. Am, am I missing the degree of impact that some of the things that Gamrod is landing? And do we think that what was happening in that grappling exchange was uh, more effective in some way that I, maybe I don't understand with the criteria as well? I don't know. It's, it actually just makes me start to question myself rather than go crazy on the judges. That's how I try to treat this try, kind of thing. I try to have, I try to be a little bit humble about it. Try, you know, kind of the opposite of uh, everyone else. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but but not everyone else because I think we saw a lot of reasonable. As I was kind yeah. of catching up on social yeah. media, I saw a lot of reasonable opinions from from people like uh, Aaron Bronstetter, um, from Sean Sheehan, uh, from Caposa. You know, these are people who lead a lot of the conversation around fights and judging mm-hmm. and things like that. And I think if they're able to look at it more reasonably, I think a lot of people ought to take cues from these people who are very knowledgeable um they they invest their time in fights in fighting no one is going to accuse caposa of not understanding how fights work i mean the the man watches more mma than probably anyone on the planet Mm -hmm. i can't think of anybody who actually sits down and watches more fights than this guy right um and and then of course you know we have the highest uh degree of regard for the way both Aaron Bronsteiner and Sean Sheehan perceive it. I didn't get to catch up on everybody. I'm sure there were people out there who who didn't perceive the, things as uh, as a certain way. The the general consensus is everyone thinks Sarukian won for the most part. Uh, there's a few members that had had it the same as the judges, 48-47 Gamrot. Majority of it had 48-47 Sarukian. Mm-hmm. Then a few like Sean had 49-46, and then me, the lone wolf, at 50-45. I was told to stop watching fights. Well, you probably should. Stop scoring fights. I would definitely do I that. I was delusional. You are delusional. They asked if I was blind. And I mean, that's the one that, that is quite true. You can't even see if there's something in front of my fa- your face right here. Yeah. I have some... It was a good time. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I, I, you know me. I, I do enjoy that. My favorite one is when I get called a crackhead. Because <laughs> it doesn't mean anything if I've never done crack. Like, that doesn't insult me in any way. It's just like, oh, okay. I, I no, I don't take it as an insult. I think no, 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 I think it's funny. Well, maybe you should. <laughs> it's a good, it's maybe good, you should take it as an insult. I think it's a good time. Why don't you stop doing this? <laughs> Quit the show. This is my show now. You're off. Get out of the show. Uh, no, I'm. You know, the real thing that I think we take away from this too is actually this was something Caposa actually really said was the fact that look, can we just appreciate this was a good fight yeah, and good no fight. one's really going to lose here? Like right, Sarukian, yeah. I think we. Any reasonable person would sit back and watch, even if he did lose that fight, even if you thought he lost that fight, like he had a darn good performance, right? Yeah, well, he's not, he's not dropping. So this isn't going to knock him out of the, you know, and he's twenty five. Yeah, he's so young. He's so young in this sport. He'll probably learn from this. You know, I think this was 
I think we all won in MMA as long as we don't go crazy. Uh, I mean, obviously, Serokian didn't get the bonus. That's that is he is someone who didn't win here, right? Well, you got he got the fight of the night bonus. So. He did, he did. I mean, you know, he could have had the win and the fight of the night. Bonus. Right. But yeah. the point being, I think we can all just appreciate that this was a darn good main event. It was a fun one. It was a really fun fight. I liked watching it without having to score it, without trying to score it, without it doing any of that. I just had a good time watching the mm-hmm. fight last night. Uh, sometimes I think a lot of fans try to get too hyper knowledgeable and too wrapped up in like whether the way things went the way they ought to. Why don't we just watch the fights for fun? Is it that hard to just do that? <laughs> you can't just watch a fight for fun. It's, it really is like... Why did you? Why did people get into this sport? I mean, they wanted to watch good fights. They wanted to watch good action. You know, you want to see the right people win when it's warranted, right? But in the UFC level, the right people win. They really do. Like the judges don't deprive anybody most of the time of of any sort of you know defi- defined definitive win. There's there's a way to make the argument. Even last week, we talked about this. It wasn't a robbery, and the reason being because rounds one, two, and three. You could find a way to give all three of those to Josh Emmett. I think the stronger case is to give two, four, five to to Cater. Mm-hmm. I think you agree. Yep. You know that's the stronger case. But there's also a degree of okay, it can go either way. And if they're going to leave it in the hands of the judges, to borrow the uh, the old adage from Dana White, if they're going to leave it in the hands of the judges. Sometimes you're leaving your actions to be interpreted, assessed by people who maybe they're going to see it differently, you know, but that there's also a way to arrive at that because of the way the scoring criteria is set up and very open. And if your problem is with that, then you need to start calling for the criteria to be modified. The criteria, not the evaluators. Yeah, most most people's issue is with the criteria. And they don't even know. And they it. don't know it. No, they don't. Not at all. Not at all. But again, I, I the last thing I want to say is just, again, harp on the fact that this was a fun fight. I had a good time. I know there's kind of this whole like impact versus control debate, right? As far as you know, who how you're gonna give these rounds out, right? That that was that round Luke four Thomas was like the, in round four in particular, the right? Guy, the guy for that, really. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, Luke Luke is is someone who I think he makes a good effort to understand this as well. You know, he's obviously got very strong opinions and can be locked into them as well. But yeah. but yeah. It just comes down to it's it's a hard thing for me to sit there and say, well, the judges got it wrong when all three of them had it unanimous. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very hard thing for me to have the ego to say, no, you were wrong. All three of you. You didn't know what you're doing there. <laughs> it just makes me question myself and it makes me want to know and understand why it might go the other way. Like, I would like to know that. I, I hope I'm able to, to speak with an official. I, was, <laughs> I had a very quick turnaround for this uh, this recording because I, I was out late. I woke up. I came over. I watched fights. And now we're here, right? Yeah. And so, you ate Domino's. And I ate Domino's along the way. I did. It was delicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I, don't, I didn't really get the chance to even try to reach out to any officials uh, who could kind of help me understand, like, hey, why might and officials see it that way. So I hope to get that understanding. And, and if, if I do, and I'm able to, sh- to, you know, try to help people understand in some way my, why officials see it the way they do in this case, mm-hmm. you know, we'll try to do that e- mm-hmm. either between now and next week or maybe even just, you know, quick mention uh, on next week's event. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Or we next week's see. show. We'll see. Um, I want to move on to something that has nothing to do with judging. It is just us, us seeing a monster in action there was an actual yeah. monster sighting in las vegas uh i believe they call him the shavcat 
The Shavcat. The Shavcat. It's it's a very <laughs> dangerous monster. It comes from comes from the uh, the region of the world, Kazakhstan. Uh, mm-hmm. And and oh my goodness, he is just feasting on welterweights. Kids. Amazing. This this guy he made Neil Magny look like he really just didn't belong in there. Guy's a problem. He's a real problem. Sixteen fights, sixteen finishes. Um, hasn't been to a third round in the UFC. And you know, I'm watching. Yeah, that's right. He hasn't. Uh, I, he hasn't been to the third round. I think many times. Once, once or twice, if I recall. Um, I don't see any reason why they can't try to push him even further. You know, he's obviously he's he's going to earn his way into the top ten of the UFC's rankings, which you know, take them for what they're worth. But nonetheless, fighters put uh, energy and 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 assign power to those, so they are what they are, right? I really want to see him. I don't think you have to rush, rush, rush him, but I think he deserves a, a very high level opponent next. I don't know who comes to mind off the top of my head. You got anybody? Uh... I really don't see why we can't just do him and Hamza out right now. <sighs> I know, I like, know. Just do it right now. I know that would be interesting, right? I wouldn't yeah. hate it. I, I think I think Hamza has earned the right to get an even higher opponent too, which is the only yeah. reason I would say no because like, he has he beat he beat Gilbert Burns. That's Gilbert true. Burns yeah. is such a good win that I don't see why he has to go down in the ranking, so to speak, to fight Shavkat because he is rising. I I don't see that one as a good. I'd rather see him fight somebody. A little more high up, but not quite, you know, just skyrocketing in the same degree. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know who that kind of would be off the top of my head either. Luque? I don't know. Vicente, well, Luque's kind of, he's lost right now, right? So I don't know. It's it's a tough thing. Sean Brady? You know, Sean Brady wouldn't be a bad one because they're kind of, they're both rising, right? But they're also yeah. like roughly in the same range. That's why I wouldn't mind that one so much. But he's also got a fight lined up, right? Does he? I thought he did. Maybe uh, I'm wrong. Yeah, he might. I mean, I'm sure you probably got to have something lined up. You tell how I'll prepared I was because I, yeah, I had, a, I had definitely, like I said, I had a lot of fun at a wedding yesterday. It was a good time. Uh, definitely took a break from MMA for the most part. I did, I did make sure to share with everybody who was the uh, the main event assignments because I, I found out about that. I said, oh, you know, we should probably let everybody know. <laughs> When you I did. Can. I did. I did see that. So. Yeah, make, I made sure to do that. Jason Herzog gave a little like in his in his post event uh, like and interaction spree, which is always a fun part of any Jason Herzog uh, fight night. I mean, you know what? Now that I'm thinking of it, how do we not do Kiaz Brady right now? Uh, not 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 Kiaz. I'm sorry. He 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 fought uh, Kiaz already. How do we not do Brady Rachmanov right now? Yeah, fifteen and zero okay versus sixteen and zero. One of the O's got to go. O's got to go. Five I'm okay rounds. with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, I would, I would love to see that. I do. I would just gut feeling right now. I would favor Shavkat. I think so too. It's hard not to. Yeah, that's that's the real thing with it. Because Brady, Brady's look terrific, but Shavkat, there's like there's levels, right? There's levels to this, mm-hmm. and you just see a different level with him. Um, seems like good fights on the whole for this card. Yeah, it was, it was before good, we good get card. into the contested rounds. Yeah. Bellator and PFL too. They were both in action the night before. I know you. Typically, don't always have the time to watch. You were at a baseball game anyway, right? No, I went to see Motley Crue. Oh, that's that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett. Mm-hmm. Good time. How how was it when you got out of your time machine? Listen, I gotta tell you, there's I, I there's no music bands like then. Uh huh. Like now, that it just doesn't compare. No, Pe- I... people don't care about music the way they did then. Well, I I'm not a big music so... guy in general. I do like hip hop though. Like 80, 80s rock and roll is where it's at. Although I was listening to Hot 97 on the way here, okay. and I'm like, what's going this, on? This is not the hip hop I like. Yeah. yeah. I, miss, I miss the. I I'm miss glad that mumble rap kind of died, though. <laughs> it was terrible. Because that's not, horrible. Can we not acknowledge that? Even? Yeah, we, we can. Let's just pretend that didn't happen. All right. This is better. <laughs> We're all better off. But Bellator PFL, um, I, 
I'm always fascinated when they're on the same night. I wish they weren't. I wish that PFL would make like Thursday or even Wednesday, like a regular night. And then let Bell- Bellator's had Friday staked out for a while. I think Bellator should stick to Friday nights. They do sometimes Saturdays. I'd still like to see them just have a regular Friday as well. I think it's it's there's something to be said for like comfort food and MMA. You can expect it the same night. It's like, mm. man. It throws you off. But Bellator and PFL, they obviously, like I said, they went at each other this time. And honestly, I think Bellator really delivered compared to PFL. I think PFL, a lot of their fights were a little stale. That's what happens, too, when you got a lot of heavyweights on it. Yeah. That'll happen. Um, There was a surprise in the Anthony Pettis loss. You know, he, he got tapped out in round two to Stevie Ray. So that was it doesn't affect his uh, status in the in the season for PFL. He's still into the semifinals so like he really wasn't fighting for anything but his paycheck that time wow yeah just by virtue of him having a first round finish the first time like okay. I, I think i've said this on, on the program before pretty much if you get a first round finish in pfl you're already in the playoffs it's like mm. that's all you really need to do it's very hard not to make it at that point just the way things tend to shake out right but the rest of the fights totally underwhelming it wasn't that great bellator was where it was at a lot of interesting things happen, even even in the latter part of the night where it was kind of maybe not, I don't want to say boring fights, but they weren't maybe to the high degree of high action that we were getting on the Bellator prelims, which were way more stacked than usual. I think you would have had fun watching most of this card, honestly, Probably. sir. Probably. And I think Bellator, because they're not, as I was telling you before we got on here, actually, Bellator hadn't run an event in like six weeks. They're not running another one for four weeks. So they had a lot of talent getting fights down the card. Guys that they would usually put on their their main card, women they would usually put on their main card, way down the card. And it made for a much more interesting experience because it was like a a whole card of must-watch fights for Bellator. So you're saying they're treating it like a big-time promotion and not a regional promotion (laughs) where they're making the prelim fighters sell tickets to fight on their card. That that is what I'm saying to to some degree. Yeah, I... I just want to see them do monthly events more often. That's what we're going to be getting through September with them. They're doing one a month. I don't. I I am told that this is not a permanent change. That this is not just some sort of focus that they're doing right now. Like this is really just the way things shook out over the next couple months, right? I hope that they come away with this and find that it actually helps them, and then that this is what they continue to do because I think it would benefit both Bellator and the fans. I think everybody wins if they just have fewer but much deeper and better cards that's what i want to say i would i would imagine they'd have to promote those cards better (laughs) than what they have in the past dan of course the big bellator uh critic but i i I, I say if they do this i think they can win you over i really do they could win me over but they have to prove to me that even bellator likes bellator (laughs) and until they prove that i don't know fair enough sir let's get to contested rounds though because we only have five uh, because again, that main event was it was unanimous. You know, we I think we hashed it out as much as we need to. There were rounds that the judges did disagree on. So let's start with our lone split decision of the night: Vanessa Demopoulos getting the win over Jin Yu Fry, 30-27, 29-28, and then another 29-28 for Fry. So we're talking about rounds one and two. Dan, what is happening in round one? Yeah, first half of the round is kind of like a lot of a feeling out process of round one. But I think Frey's landing some stiff lefts and good one twos. Demopolis's right hand is landing pretty well for her. She's not landing that many of them, but uh, she's definitely looking for it. Frey's able to kick her legs out from under her. Demopolis gets a takedown. Uh, nothing really much comes of it. Uh, when they're clinched, she lands a couple decent knees to the body. Frey lands some good more, uh, some more good lefts. Fry, the, sir. Fry, Frey. 
Same thing. <laughs> uh, towards the end, she's snapping the head back a little bit. I think it's a decently close round, but I'm on Fry. 10-9. Yeah, I am as well. I, I think that just the impact from these, and, and, and I think even just a little bit more frequent, right? Yeah. I don't think it's unreasonable in a close round like this to go the other way for Vanessa Demopoulos, but yeah, Fry seems like the better score to me, right? Fry seems, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, so that was Sal D'Amato and Ron McCarthy seeing it that way. Uh, Jaron Villel had this one for Demopoulos. Uh, again, not a, not a not a terrible score, but I, I think the right one is the, the majority here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can move on, though, to round two. Uh, and how did you see this one, sir? What's happening yeah, here? The left is working for Fry. She's landing it good, snapping the head back. Demopoulos is, is still looking for her right hand, and, and it's landing once in a while. When she does land it, it's pretty good when she does land it. Uh, she's just not throwing it all that often. Uh, around a minute and a half left, so she turns it on and starts throwing a bit more strikes, landing a bit more against the cage. She has some solid knees. I thought these were this was good clinch work. Uh, I think she makes it really close at the end, but I think Fry maintained the lead throughout, so I'm going 10-9 her. I went the other way. I did see this one for Demopolis, but okay. I, it's really just because I think I had a very I had, I had a lot of conflict at the end of this one, but I I try to make my decisions like in like within a moment or so okay. because I know that that's what the judges are sitting there doing. Like judges are not supposed to sit there and mm-hmm. deliberate, and figure hall. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't <laughs> do that stuff. Like you got the rounds over. You got to get your card in. Um, that's just the way it works. So I, I try to hold myself to that standard if I'm going to be doing this the right mm-hmm. way. Uh, and, and I did think ultimately that Demopolis was able to take it there, but I don't feel very strongly about this at all. I think this is a razor close round and, and because I ultimately ended up going Demopolis two and three, uh, it does swing it her way, but that's, that's just the real unfortunate thing about these, especially at straw weight where we see mm-hmm. a lot of these very, very, very close rounds because there's not always a lot of uh, high impact on the punches, right? It's mm-hmm. just the way it goes in a, in, a, in a mostly striking round like this. Yeah. Yeah, so tough call. I saw it the same way as uh, Ron McCarthy and Jaron Vallel. You had it as D'Amato did. So you and Sal were on the same page. I was on the other one. Yes, sir. And that was it for that one. Again, not, no one feels very strongly that one person or the other was robbed. And then Demopolis was able to uh, have her little little trademark jump in the arms of whoever's the uh, asking the questions here. <laughs> uh, I want John Anik to go in there next. I want her to jump into Anik's arms. Yeah, You know what? The funny thing about the next fight we're going to talk about is Josh Parisian's pretty funny because of his, uh, his post-fight interview. He told Michael he would jump in his arms as well, but he has no energy left. Yeah, I would believe it. That's fair. <laughs> you, I actually, we cut out after that one. I didn't watch that that post-fight, so yeah. thank you. <laughs> I didn't even yeah. know that one now. Uh, let's move on, though. It's actually that fight, yeah. So Josh Parisian, he got his round two TKO over Alambado. Round one of this heavyweight clash is uh, is split here, sir. So why why is it split? Well... All right, so, I mean, it's all Bado in the beginning. He's landing heavy jabs, these weird hammer fists from the standing. It's a strange technique. Uh, Parisians, his leg kicks are what really his best strike up to this point until he gets dropped by a uh, one of these standing hammer fist things. Uh, Bado gets on top. He lands some ground and pound, but now he's kind of defending the grappling of uh, Parisians. Kind of feels like he's lost when he's down on the ground. Like, wait, what? He's thinking too much. What should I do? Does land some shots, but he's he's fighting off a uh, Kimura, which really wasn't ever that close. Uh, then Parisian attacks an armbar, and Bordeaux's response is, I'm just going to punch you in the face until you let go. And he did. That he, is good heavyweight yeah. armbar defense, actually. That's, <laughs> these, that's technical sound at heavyweight. These were really good shots. <laughs> uh, smash in the face of him. Uh, Parisian was hurt early, as we, as we said. Uh, finally gets up to the feet. 
and he works his way to get a takedown with about 20 seconds left, and then Bordeaux's like, oh, I don't know what to do here. I'm just going to sit here and get punched. Uh, the thing is, Parisian wasn't really landing all that many. There, A lot of them were getting blocked. He was looking at, at Mark Smith like, you going to stop this? He's like, no. <laughs> we're, not, we're not really there. Uh, 10-9 Bordeaux. Yeah, definitely 10-9 Bordeaux. I felt very... I felt really strongly about this one just because of the degree to which it looked like a lot of these shots are being covered up and blocked and, and mm-hmm. not really landing flush or anything. Uh, it doesn't seem like Badeau's in a very good way, especially when you when you consider how it more or less continued into the next round. Right. Yeah. When Badeau, obviously, he, he couldn't do anything more and he got finished. But you can't obviously use that as hindsight judging. It's not the way it right. works, right? I, I think if you just weigh the actions of this round and give the immediate to it, I think you absolutely have to give this one to Badeau. But I'll give Tony Weeks credit in the sense that, because he's the one who saw this for Parisian, I mean, depending on where his cage side seat is, right? And depending what mm-hmm. his angle is, depending on if he looked at the screen or if, you know, that kind of thing. Is is he seeing how much of this is covered up or not? Does he seem to think that these are landing flush? Because what he can also be seeing is there's a fighter out there who's not doing anything but just standing there or sitting there slumped over and getting punched. <laughs> yeah. So if he went from his angle, it's looking like they're landing I can understand yeah. it. I can understand the score. I don't think it's a good score, but I will actually understand it. So I don't think it's like, I don't think this is a round that we have to like get on Tony Weeks for. You no. know what I mean? Well, I mean, I'm just going to get on him for being the opposite and making me have to rewatch it. Well, that's fine. You, Other can, than you that. can be very mad yeah. at making <laughs> you watch a second first round heavyweight fight. Yeah. That's fine. I That just sounds horrible. In, in that in that sense, come on, Tony, you jerk. <laughs> but... <laughs> But no, it's 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 defensible Why because the of the where uh, because of the location that he was at. It's understandable anyway. Maybe not not as much defensible, but understandable the circumstances of it. But it's it's another argument for you know maybe maybe if if he had a different angle at the cage or or maybe if he was looking at the screen, maybe he really sees that better. Because I do think we had a good angle on our TV screen of how much these are landing. I think yeah. sometimes maybe we don't. This time I think we really did, mm-hmm. and it just looked like. You couldn't do that that much. But even even if you consider that, it's still possible to go in the direction of Baudot in there because he he dominated most of the action. Yeah, he hurt him. Yeah. He hurt him worse mm-hmm. than, than Baudot was. I think so. Him. I think so. So, you know, judges laying on the right side, Chris Lee and uh, Junichiro Camillo. Uh, again, Tony Weeks, come on. But uh, otherwise, it's it's a solid, understandable reason why we got there. Uh, let's move on to uh, Umar Numaga Madoff and, uh, and Nate Manus. It didn't really go made us his way <laughs> uh, we're talking about two rounds here these are our last two of the of the show that there's a 10 8 9 debate so round two is where we'll start why are we thinking umar might have gotten a 10 9 yeah or eight uh, excuse me umar he gets it down he's just overwhelming in his transitions manus is doing good to make him work for his passes and his positions but he's just 100 percent defensive and umar's landed some good elbows when he does finally get to his position side control elbows then the final 40 seconds, he gets the back, and this is where I think he pushes it over. He's landing some really good ground and pound, and that's where he gets it from a 10-8. I think so, too. I do think that, again, if you're looking at this from maybe the the way the criteria was being interpreted and, and, and adjudicated before that round we always go back to, Adesanya and, mm-hmm. and Blahovich round five last year, I think if you look at it beforehand, I think a lot of judges are still able to say, 
Yeah, that's that's still a ten eight, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's got the dominance and he's got the duration, and there's just not a whole lot that Nate Maness did to you know earn his nine. Right. I, just... it, it's hard to see why he would have earned the nine here, but there is that damage there. You're right, and I, I think that does push it over. But it's close enough that like okay, if if, if by the current standards of the uh, eight nine assessment. You can see why maybe it would only be a nine. I I still like an eight better, just like you. So I went with Chris Lee. You went with Chris Lee. Uh, it wasn't uh, Junichiro Kamijo and Tony Weeks. They were the ones who only saw this as a nine. They are the majority, but we're not with the majority. So what does that mean no. for Chris Lee? Couchside override. <laughs> and round three, we've got this last one. Why is this one uh, maybe a, a ten eight for Umar? Yeah, on the feet, Umar. He's landing some good leg kicks. Then he lands a nice head kick. And then a totally disrespectful front kick to the face. Uh, eventually, he gets bored of, of beating him up on the feet and decides to take him down. Up to this point, Manus hasn't landed a, a single thing. I don't think he's really thrown much at all. Uh, Umar gets it to the ground, finishes with some Tito Ortiz style ground and pound, just throwing elbows from inside the guard. He was he did pass at one point. This is just one way traffic the whole way. Ten eight. Yeah, this this is a round that I think really ought to be an eight. Like pretty simply because of the fact that yeah, there's no you can't make an argument that Nate Man has earned his mm-hmm. his nine here. He just didn't. He was getting lit up on the feet. He's getting dominated on the ground. It's all his way the whole round for Numaga Madoff. You gotta go. You gotta go for the eight here. I think this is where it really ought to be. So yeah. I'm actually a little surprised that Judge Kamijo only gave the nine here. I don't, I'm, maybe he's looking for maybe something that's closer to a finish. If I'm just speculating, but it doesn't need to be. Yeah, I, I think this was this should be an eight. So. So we, you and I were united uh, with Chris Lee and Tony Weeks. That's the majority. There's no couch side override here, but ultimately, yeah, I think 30-25 looks like uh, the ideal score from the couch side judges. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it, I mean, look, it doesn't make a difference. We're, we're still talking about Nurmaga Madoff 1, definitely, and that is not a surprise because his name is Nurmaga Madoff. <laughs> that shouldn't surprise him. If, if you see Nurmaga Madoff, it's lined up on the bout sheet and you're... you're uh, you're the one who's going to fight him. It's like, man, can't we just do this one later? Like, mm-hmm. let me get a few more wins under my belt first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's why I'm not a fighter, right? That would be why, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also don't like getting hit anymore. That wasn't fun. Well, I didn't like getting hit before either, <laughs> but you know. Nonetheless, let's move on to our favorite finishes, too, which there were six of them. We had three TKOs, three submissions, four of these fights ended in the first round. What was your favorite of the uh, the six finishes, sir? Uh, Tiago, From UFC. Yeah. I, we're leaving out Bellator and PFL just because you didn't watch. Yeah, Tiago Moises, one arm rear naked choke over Christos Yagos. Awesome, awesome technique. They, I bet we see a lot more of this coming where people grab the, the elbow to squeeze when they can't you know, lock their arms together. Sure, a lot. I, I mean, think that's going to happen. Wherever you can get the most leverage, I guess, right? The, the most torque, the most uh, compression of the... Uh... Well, what it is, what people mostly, they, they, you know, you grab the top arm and, and defend that, and then they can't finish the choke. Well, mm-hmm. now if they just slide their hand across and grab their far elbow, it seems like it's a much easier way to lock it up. I think a lot of people are going to try to start training this, and I think we'll see more of it. I guess you probably have to have the ability to get your arm in position, too, right? Maybe someone with, like, shorter arms could have the issues. I don't know. Just yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm just sure, thinking yeah. about that, you know? Because I, I always found that I have, like, kind of shorter legs, and I always found that triangles from the bottom were kind of harder for me 
to kind of yeah. get. So I don't know. And that maybe that's just because I was a, a scrub. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. But I, I always found it a little more challenging. I, I kind of chalked it up in my head, at least, to maybe it's just that a shorter leg. So I could see physiological differences just making things harder mm. or easier. I mean, if, if, if you've got longer arms, maybe it's even easier. Someone like, you know, I picture like Zabit. Zabit, before he retired, seemed like he had like very like kind of lanky, long features. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, I could see him actually being able to like do that more easily, you know? Just, yeah, just thinking could, of a yeah. name off the top of my head. Yeah, he could. Neil Magny could could have done it, but he didn't. Neil, well, Neil Magny was not in a position <laughs> to do anything to Shafkat Rachmanov. Uh, what was what a what a what an animal? It <laughs> was Joe Rogan loves to say that an animal, right? Yeah, I'm going with monster. I like monster better. Monster. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, was that your favorite or no? No, it actually wasn't. Uh, my favorite finish was Mario Bautista getting the round one rear naked choke uh, as well. That was good too. I mean, just him and and uh, Brian Kelleher. Like when I saw them lined up, I'm like, well, someone's gonna get finished early i know this isn't gonna go that long so i was pretty excited for this fight just in general and sure enough but it was bautista who looked just phenomenal uh over brian keller who's no you know he's no slouch no, it's a good win you said you called that a big boy performance it is a big boy performance yeah. he looked so good he just he kind of like i didn't really maul him it wasn't the same as like the the rachmanov kind of situation but it was uh it, it was it was a damn good performance i think mm-hmm. it's the best we've seen from bautista yeah yeah and that is it for the weekend action in Las Vegas. This weekend we've got PFL on Friday, and we've got a little bit of a pay per view action a little on pay-per-view. Saturday. Yeah. Just a little pay per view, mm-hmm. with yeah, you know, with a lot of fights that are really cool. <laughs> uh, we'll start real quick with with PFL, which remains in Atlanta with uh, with judges from Georgia. Which I, I will say to their credit, I don't think there was anything crazy going on at PFL on Friday night, and they actually had uh, Derek Cleary who is a, a local, he's a Georgia-based judge who was not in action the first time. Maybe he wasn't available, who knows. Um, but he was there this time as part of their four-person uh, team. Uh, not men, there, there was also a female judge, Monica Ridgeway. So it was nice to see uh, another top official out there at PFL. We don't get a lot of top officials at PFL events. So yeah. that, that just helps me feel a little better knowing that there's someone there who, you know, maybe even other judges can kind of try to you know pick their brain his brain from and learn because he's got so much experience you would think exactly. he would know a lot yeah uh, and that could rub off on them but this one uh, this weekend it's welterweights and uh women's lightweights headlined of course by kayla harrison who was supposed to fight julia bud but she had to uh, bow out unfortunately so caitlin young steps in definitely a less interesting fight caitlin young's been kind of like a pioneer at, at, at in women's fights for a long time she's been a big part of it both um in front in the cage and behind the scenes but yeah I, I i have a hard time looking at this one as anything other than yeah kayla harris is probably gonna maul uh caitlin young yeah kayla harrison showcase probably remember remember when wwe like they'd be like oh this guy's in action they never told you his opponent like they should probably just pfl do that with <laughs> kayla harrison <laughs> kayla harrison in action are you are you implying there's a random jobber is that what you're saying? I don't know. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I guess you're calling Caitlyn Hayton Har- Young a, a jobber in this sense. Yeah. I, I, I don't. Mean, th- I don't see it being. I get what you're saying. I she she has too much respect, uh, especially among women in mm-hmm. MMA, for me to ever put that together. But I understand what you're saying. I, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. But um, I'm I'm more interested though in the welterweights in action because it's uh it's Rory McDonald, Sabadu Sai or C Sabadu C. Excuse me. Uh, and then Ray Cooper the third against Brett Cooper. So good luck calling Coopers. <laughs> Cooper's landing good here. It's Cooper and Cooper three, 
or or it'll just be Ray and Brett. <laughs> yeah, Ray and, it'll Ray probably and, just be Ray and Brett. I'm sure. Ray and Brett. Guaranteed, uh, the three man booth of uh, of Sean O'Connell, Randy Couture, and uh, Kenny Florian are going to have some fun with that. Yeah, and hopefully they won't <laughs> they won't stumble on Cooper Cooper Cooper. <laughs> Good luck to them on that one. But yeah, I'm much more interested in those fights. The welterweight, mm-hmm. I would say welterweight uh, in the PFL is the most interesting of their divisions. Yeah, I still think they would be so much better off just going kind of just a little offbeat and go 165 and 175. Those should be two of their divisions. I can't disagree. And and, think... and 195. They should just get off of the 205 and go down to 195. They'd be so cool. Like They, they would be able to say, we have the best in the world at that weight class. I mean, now, 65, I think they could at least make an argument now with uh, with Eagle FC, right? Yeah, Eagle has the, but uh, this is divisions. This is such a, it's like, it's a no-brainer to me. Like, you can market this. We have the best fighters in the world at that particular weight. No, UFC doesn't have the best at 165. I can see, and I can see fighters being like, you know what, I'd I'd much rather fight at 165. Absolutely. It's, it gives them a chance to try something out. It, mm-hmm. it would be, but of course they won't do that. Because smart cage, <laughs> <laughs> smart cage verdict, fighter performance rating, fighter performance rating. <laughs> oh god, uh, there's a lot of things I like about PFL. There's a lot of things I really don't like about PFL. So yeah. it is what it is. Uh, much more interested in the action on Saturday, of course, and that is UFC 276, two title fights: Israel Adesanya against Jared Cannonier at 185, Alexander Volkanovsky against Max Holloway for the third time. At 145. Which of these two are you more interested in? I think I know, but... Uh, Vulcan Holloway. Yeah, it's gotta be. Sure. I mean, there's... Uh, the crazy thing is there's way more intrigue about this fight, even though one guy won both fights. Yeah. That's Don't see just, that too often. It's weird because it, Holloway, you just can't get rid of him. Because he's, he's so good. He's gonna be at the top. He's he's so. just that... Those two, they're, they're like 1A and 1B. Yeah. And then there's probably not a two. And it just gets down to three. And then they're on as far as like tiers go, right? It's just there's there's so much more ahead of everybody else. I think at at 145 pounds right now, which is crazy because yeah. there's so much talent at 145, which is weird because 45 is just stacked. Too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and to be that far ahead of of them is kind of crazy. Like they, it probably should just fight like six times. I'm just shocked Volkanovski is <laughs> fighting for a second time this year. I got to see him live for the first time. He put on a, a great performance against the the zombie. Um, so I'm excited to see how. Uh, I told you he, he wanted might, to fight more. Man. He might like. I told you that more. at the time. He might even put on better performances the more he fights. Maybe I. I'll bet you. I'll bet you he has a, a third title defense this year too. Oh, well, let's, let's say a third fight because I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and make a pick. I really don't know who's going to win this one. Uh, it's this is just a technician's delight here. I think these two are just amazing. They're they're really at the pinnacle of technique in MMA. Yeah. And I think it really is just going to come down to who executes better on the night of. And that's why it's 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 almost like a baseball game, right? Like baseball, like you put these teams together, more or less, they're going to split them like six to four, five to five, something like that. You know, mm, I think, t- yeah, I think I think it's going to come down to more who makes the better adjustments. Mm-hmm. Usually Volk does very well about doing he that. Does, so. He does. Uh, but I mean, shoot, who knows? Max Holloway has looked incredible in his last two fights. Well, we will see. We will, and I'm looking forward to that. What are you? Do you have any opinions about like kind of interest level in uh, in the other title fight? The middle. I'm, fight? I'm always interested in seeing Adesanya fight. I don't. I mean, Cannonier has has power. I mean, I guess that there's always the threat there, but I kind of see uh, Adesanya cruising to a, a win here. 
So you think almost more like a show, a showcase for yeah, Adesanya? I mean, he's been saying things like, when I retire, I want to make sure I tried all these techniques. So he might throw something crazy out there just to say he tried it. Like, so I don't know if he's if he's actually looking for to finish. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I'll or tell just you, just put on like a uh, like a performance that people are like, wow, he looked really good. I don't know. I mean, the the only thing that I can tell you just from speaking to him the other day was that he he really just doesn't seem to think that this will be one of the toughest challenges that he's ever had. Like, you know how people will be like, oh yeah, yeah, this is the toughest fight of my career, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. He is not saying that. He is not putting anything out there that he doesn't actually believe in. And he's just kind of like, yeah, this is, you know, I've had tougher challenges, but I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. Okay. I mean, that could be dangerous too. You don't want to overlook anyone. I doubt he's overlooking yeah. anyone, but, but he's I think also, he, just, hasn't he, he also... seems to, he seems to regard that, yes, this is a dangerous fighter, but in the sense that it's like, you know, almost like a cornered animal. It's like, I, I'm better than you, but yeah, you could hurt me on the way. Okay. I mean, I thought, I thought he said something along the lines. He can't wait to get Alex Pereira in there with uh, MMA gloves on. He's definitely getting more interested in that fight. You could tell earlier this year he was kind of like you know what he's, he's got a little more work to do but I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes and yeah now he's just got sean strickland and axe Behera on the uh on the on the main card there yeah i think everyone's uh all rooting for that for one one reason or another yeah most people would like to see i think Behera just because there's that intrigue the storyline is so much more interesting with him and Adesanya. Oh, yeah. it's just that you can't deny it like even if you really like sean strickland i think it and, and who are the people who really like song strickland i don't know you crazy people are but because he seems like a crazy person leave all the craziness out of it saying stuff like i just want to murder people in the in the ring and then you point fight uh that should be a reason to root for him to lose seems pretty disingenuous yeah. yes yeah absolutely whereas yeah he's <laughs> the whole 24 minutes he's kind of just point fighting and then the last minute he's making like come on where yeah, you been ah <laughs> uh, that just seems yeah it's a little put on right um yeah i'm i would like to see i'm not rooting against Sean Strickland, even if he is, seems kind of crazy, but I just think it's much more interesting if we get that Pahada versus Adesanya fight. Yeah, the storyline's built. There. It's, it's so it's so obvious how much more interesting that fight is. You can't you can't script it any better. It's like, oh yeah, you know, there's this dominant champion, but there's the guy who was kind of almost his boogeyman in the other sport. And now he's here and he's almost at them. That's much more interesting mm-hmm. to me. Uh, I'm <laughs> you're not really you're not really into this fight though, right? Uh, Jim Miller and Cowboy Cerrone, number two. You don't like that one? No, that's the the, the rematch, the first fight. And this is at 170. Happened uh, at 155. So this one's at 170. I think both guys are, are quite happy that it's at 170. No way cutting. This is just going to be a fun fight that Jim Miller wins, probably first round. Probably, probably Oma in three, Plata. three second Oma Plata. Is that what you're yeah, thinking? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was I was sparing this to tell you on the show, but Jim Miller was is my Q&A subject for next week. Oh! For this coming week. All right. Well, there you I go. read that one. Now, I had spoken to him when his opponent was uh, Bobby Green. Okay. <laughs> so, you won't be seeing any answers about that. But, you know, Jim Jim is a, is a very long-winded uh, and thoughtful kind of guy. He gives, he'll give you a lot of information. Yeah. Um, when he had him on our show, he, he's certainly capable of, you know, giving interesting explanations and going deep into the weeds and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of that. I'm sure there will be some very interesting tidbits on Jim Miller in there for you. All right. And I will say, I don't think this made this will make it in, but I had mentioned to him, because this is going to be his 40th UFC fight, Right. I told him that because he's not a gamer. I said, "Oh yeah, back in the back in those old UFC games, you get the forty fights and they'd make you retire." <laughs> <laughs> he got a yeah. kick out of that. 
<laughs> I think 300 he wants to get to. He's, That's yeah, the thing. he's saying that he thinks he might want to get to 300, and then that would be like close the door. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you'll have to read uh, read more about that in my Q and A. But I mean, that's not the only fight. Like, there's some awesome fights on here. I really like uh, uh, Brad Riddell, Jalen Turner. I'm 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 interested. I like Jalen Turner. He's a very interesting prospect at lightweight to me. And uh, and Riddell's always Riddell's uh, high action. Always fun. Yeah, he's always fun. Robbie Lawler, Brian Barberina. How do you not love that? They're one? just gonna punch each other in the face till. Till the bell rings or someone goes out. Mm, Ian Gary, I, I'm interested in him as a prospect. Let's see how he does against Gabriel Green. Mm-hmm. Um, Uriah Hall, Andre Muniz. This is a big, this is a big middleweight fight as well. Mm-hmm. One of these guys could be, especially if it's Muniz, could really be pretty close to a title shot as well, just because there's so many contenders. Yeah. Adesanya has turned away. So if he gets another win, maybe too, I think he's right there as well. Um, Macy Barber and, and Jessica a, yeah, I. This she, is another one that I think <laughs> these are some polarizing women. I think in MMA because a lot of people uh, don't necessarily love Jessica I. But I think they they didn't like her cockiness yeah, that I, they've seen at times. I don't know how long late of a replacement Barber is because it was supposed to be Jessica I and Casey O'Neill mm-hmm. originally. I don't know exactly when that Casey O'Neill like blew her knee, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. know when that happened. Yeah, I don't know, but they, I mean, it shouldn't make a huge difference. I think. You know, Macy Barber seems to have made a little bit more of adjustments uh, since we've mm-hmm. seen her the last time out. She looked pretty pretty good. So I'm interested to see how that one goes. Honestly, like uh, we're kind of name checking every fight here, but I you think the they all Sugar deserve Show it. Too. Oh, yeah. Sugar Show. Sugar Sean O'Malley going against uh, Pedro Munoz. Munoz is, is a tough test for him. This is actually I would say this is definitely his toughest test since Cheeto Vera. Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, so if he can win that one, I think that's where you start to say, OK, maybe Sean O'Malley can do something at this division and not just be a character you Ma- know makes sense that they're putting the prelims on abc for this card they deserve it it's so. network tv and there's gonna be some good ones and that's mm-hmm. probably why we're seeing a lot of the current configuration right has a lot of fights you'd be like well why isn't this on the pay-per-view it's like well they want to create a two-hour card on abc that's going to be a lot of fun too so i get the thinking there it's actually pretty pretty sound thinking yeah uh, and, and even brett tavares and uh, Drikus, uh Drikus Duplessis. This card top to bottom really Top good. to bottom. So. You know what? I'm just going to name the last one because we haven't. Yeah. Jessica Rose Clark against uh, Yulia Stoliarenko. You know what? She's there, too. They're both there, too. This whole fight, this top to bottom, this is an awesome, awesome, awesome card. On paper. We're very lucky to on get On paper, this you would call this probably the best card of the year so far. On paper, it's yes. the most stacked. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can always go with, like, it's the most stacked. Mm-hmm. Whether it plays out, you never know. Yeah. But I think we're still in for a treat regardless. There should be enough here that... Uh, enough of them will come through for us mm-hmm. you know we did unfortunately lose uh the a, a key women's fight too right yeah that was another big one yeah i it would have been nice if we were able to have lauren murphy and uh misha tate i don't know if Misha Tate's gonna get back on there uh it sounds like it was lauren murphy's uh side who had to, to bow out of that one but yeah if we get that one that's just a bonus <laughs> it's just icing yeah so uh, we'll see All right, that does it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back again next week to break down the pay-per-view. Maybe something crazy at PFL happens. Who knows? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think probably it's going to be a lot of uh, P- uh, UFC, though. Maybe we'll try and get a guest on. We hadn't have a guest on we for the last yeah. one. So yeah, we'll see if anybody else wants to join us. If, if you like watching and scoring fights, you're part of the media, you know what you're doing. You have to know what you're doing. Let us know. Maybe we'll see. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. <laughs>